0: Well good morning Northgate. This may or may not turn out to be a good idea but I'm following Dan and Amy as they seem to do so much outside and I seem to be inside cloistered around a dining room table. So this morning I thought I'm gonna go and stand by my tree. I'm gonna be talking about a tree today so why not come outside and stand by the tree and see how this goes. So completely unrehearsed, not scripted We'll see how it goes. Now, I do have my notes, but I'm not sure how the neighbors are gonna cooperate, so we'll see. It's good to be together this morning with you. Um, It is a hard season, but uh, we're grateful that we can meet, that we can be encouraged by God's word and uh, be encouraged by what God wants to say to us today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this glorious morning. Thank you that each day is new and fresh before you. That you call us to meet with you and to be in your word and to feed from you so i bless you this morning for your word to us may we hear what you have to say to us in jesus name amen so one thing i've come in aware of is that northgate is a discipleship making church but what do disciples actually look like how do we become a disciple So, one thing that is certain about being a disciple of Jesus is that we must be willing to follow and to obey him. So, discipleship is the process of us living out our faith in Christ after our conversion experience of being born again. So, discipleship follows our encounter with Christ. In my readings this past week, I came across the story of Zacchaeus yet again, and it's a story that I'm sure many of us know. And when the story comes to mind, I think of singing to my kids and to my grandkids the little song of Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And my wife would always sing, For I'm going to your house today, and I would always sing because I'm going to your house for tea, and we'd argue and the kids would laugh. And... But there's so much more to the story. And it's amazing to me how, at my stage in life and at this age in life, and How many times I've known the story how something can just literally pop off the page and become so alive and so relevant to a question or to a search that I'm looking for today. So I want to dive into this story of Zacchaeus and I'm encouraged that it'll be new to you as it was to me and to see things that will help us learn what it's like to truly be a disciple. Let me read Luke 19 verse 1 says jesus entered jericho and made his way through the town there was a man there named zacchaeus and he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich he tried to get a look at jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for jesus was going to pass that way when jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and." called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. (laughs) Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Let's take a look at the story and see how it relates to this topic of discipleship and furthering our understanding and Knowledge and and loving of Jesus. So Jesus was making his way through Jericho. He was in no rush Until he had completed in that town what he had set to accomplish to do So though he was going through There was something he needed to do before he got through the town Meanwhile a man by the name of Zacchaeus lived there and Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector for the region It was a very prosperous area, and his job was to collect taxes for the occupying Roman army, as well as taxes to cover his own fees, and he could charge whatever he wanted at his own pleasure. He set that rate. What a deal. As a result, Zacchaeus was a very rich man. He was also a Jew, but because of his profession, he was hated by his fellow Jews. He was labeled a traitor and disowned by his people and seen nothing more than a source of money by the Roman leaders. So very likely, although he was a rich man, he was very, very lonely. What a life. Zacchaeus was thought to have been from a religious home, though, because his name actually implies or means pure, righteous, or innocent one. What a contrast to the names that the others called him, what his name really meant. So Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus. He knew Jesus was coming. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. I know about that. <laughs> it, we're always at the front of the crowd if we're in a picture because nobody can, we can't see over anybody. But in this case, Zacchaeus was too short and likely not to be invited to the front of the crowd because they hated him. So he knew his options were very, very slight that he would be able to see Jesus. So he broke the cultural taboo for a man. And decided to climb a tree now my grandkids climb this tree I think I could climb it it's not very high but it's it's just get, to give you the idea he climbed a higher tree and the taboo of climbing a tree in that culture was that as a man dressed in his robes he might expose himself to those standing below so a man would never ever climb a tree but Zacchaeus didn't care he wanted to see Jesus regardless of the cost Whatever it took, he was going to go and see Jesus. I love these verses. In verses 5 and 6, it says, When Jesus came by, the NIV says he stopped. The NLT says he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him out by name. Now, if you can picture this, here's this crowd all around. They're waiting to see Jesus, but Zacchaeus is in the tree and Jesus looks up at him, calls out his name. But in essence, what he was really calling out as well was Zacchaeus, pure, righteous, innocent one, the true man that Zacchaeus would become through his encounter later on that day with Jesus. Wow. And not only did Jesus say this, but he did something that scriptures don't record anywhere else. He invited himself to a man's place for dinner, for for a meal, to come and stay. There's no other recorded place where Jesus invites himself to go and be with somebody who's always invited. So then he goes on to say to Zacchaeus, Quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus, if you're going to be the man I called you out to be, you must meet with me and know me. Wow, what would you and I have done with such an invitation? I probably would have worried about my, what my house would look like. Not planning on a guest, it may not look the best. But Zacchaeus came down quickly, and the NIV says he welcomed Jesus. The NLT says he took Jesus to his house in a great excitement, with great excitement and joy. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher of the 1800s, said of this, Christ will not force himself into any man's house and sit there against a man's will. That would not be the action of a guest, but rather that of an intruder. Jesus was a welcome guest. Zacchaeus welcomed him into his home. and The crowd was shocked by such actions. They couldn't believe what Jesus was doing, that he was going to be the guest of such a notorious sinner, one whom they hated, Jesus was going to go be a guest with. Meanwhile, Jesus and Zacharias, sorry, Zacchaeus, meet. And he's transformed through this meeting. He's born again. He's changed forever through this encounter with Jesus. Here's the proof of the change. And now as I was preparing this, it wasn't until last night that I was rereading this again and writing it out that I actually saw, wow, I almost missed this. It says of Zacchaeus that he stood before the Lord and said, you ever stood before the Lord and made a vow? I mean, that's a pretty serious thing. It's a hugely serious thing. And Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and those that were listening and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I've cheated people, and he knew he had, on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. One of the commentaries that I read regarding that says these actions were the spontaneous response of a heart made clean by the spirit of Christ. Jesus' response to this in verse 9, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. What was Jesus saying? Oh, those words, my friends. Oh, those words. I love it. See, many in the crowd claim to be the sons of Abraham. They claim to be the true sons. But here is this notorious sinner who meets with Jesus, accepts Christ and his salvation, and then Jesus declares that he is a true son of Abraham. I love it. I love the fact that Jesus didn't care what the crowd thought. I love the fact that he sought out the very one that the crowd had rejected. I love the fact that he sees through you, and he sees through me. He sees through our sin, and he sees who we really are if we accept him and come to faith in Christ in him. Through this encounter with Christ, he sees our true life, our true name. I love the fact that Jesus loved and loves the unlovely. He loves me. He loves you. No matter what, he loves us. He loves us the least of them. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, I love the guy. I mean, why? Why did he seek after Jesus? We don't know. But he was determined and nothing was going to stop him. Do you and I ever really pursue Jesus to the extent that we're not afraid of what people think about us? That we really don't care what people think about us? Sometimes I'm afraid to kind of raise my hands because I think, should I do this when I'm worshiping? What will other people think? Or if I act a certain way or I say certain things, And man, most of my Christian life was really wondering and worrying what other people thought. But Zacchaeus, he didn't even know Christ and he was determined to do whatever it cost to see him. I don't know the reason we know the result. Zacchaeus didn't care what the crowd thought. He didn't care about his reputation, he really didn't have one, and he'd reached the point where he, he really didn't care. He had to see Jesus. What I love is that when Jesus spoke to him, he immediately responded. How about when you and I hear Jesus ask us to do something, do we want to negotiate? Do we want to reconsider? Do we even think we have the option of saying no to the one that saved us? But we do. And I love the fact that Zacchaeus, he just immediately came down. And then Jesus says, I must go to your house. So Zacchaeus says, I welcome you. Come, let's go. And the crowd is all upset. Zacchaeus and Jesus go back to his home. And through that encounter, Zacchaeus is changed forever. Then Zacchaeus' response was to stand before the Lord and say that wherever I have done wrong, I will make right. In my time at volunteering with Jericho Road and watching the addicts go through the 12 steps, one of the key things that brings freedom to them is when they take ownership And make right for where they have done wrong. And Zacchaeus just exemplifies this so clearly. I will make right where I have done wrong. He couldn't save himself. He couldn't forgive himself for his sins. But he could make right in response to his salvation experience. He could make right the wrongs that he has done. He had no concern for the cost. We don't know the tally of what he was actually stating kind of like some of this budget stuff that we hear going on in in the governments with all the pandemic going on. We really don't know. Like when we talk millions, billions, trillions, we don't really know the cost. It's beyond us. Zacchaeus, he's not counting the cost in the sense of, well, this is going to cost me a million dollars. No, he is saying whatever it costs to make right the wrong I have done in response to my love and encounter with Jesus I'm going to make it right, because Jesus is worth it all. I love how Jesus ends this story by stating who he is. And he says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. There were many there that didn't realize they were lost. They were quite comfortable in themselves. They didn't need Jesus. But to the one that needed Jesus, he sought out and was found by that one. Zacchaeus clearly exemplifies one who was sought out and saved through Jesus. Discipleship, what does it mean to us today? Well, it means that whatever Jesus says, I will do. It's not for me to question. It's not for me to count the cost. It's for me to obey. Why, out of duty or guilt? No, out of response to love. I willingly give away what I used to think was so precious because of his love for me. And the exchange, oh, it's so worth it to give what I thought was precious in exchange for Jesus and his love for me. No matter what the cost, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. No matter what others think of me or what the crowds may say, a true disciple is willing to stand up and go with Jesus and follow him. A true disciple is willing to make right where we have wronged, to offer forgiveness where we may think people don't deserve it, We didn't deserve it. So we extend forgiveness to those that don't deserve it in our eyes. But we offer it because of what we've been given. A true disciple of Jesus seeks him first and foremost and follows him every step of the way. What a Savior. We don't follow a taskmaster. We don't follow a a Roman soldier or somebody that's to be mean to us. We don't follow somebody that would rip us off or steal from us. We follow the one who gave himself for us, who came to seek and to save you and I because we were lost. We were bound in our sins and he came to free us, to save us, that we might become his children, that we might become his own, that we might be born again and able in this life to walk with him, to hear his voice, to read his word, to be with him, and to await that day which I know is going to be soon when we will see him face to face. Our time here is so short. What other people think, I remember when I was in high school, I was so paranoid of what everybody thought And I lived to please them, and now I can't even remember their names. But I spent years and years and years of my life trying to please them. It carried on into adulthood, into my marriage, into my relationships, into my ministry. And most of those, I can't even think of those situations. But faithful through all of that has been the voice of love drawing me to know him, to obey him, to be a true discipleship no matter what be a true disciple. What a privilege. And he invites you and I to that today. God bless you. May you continue to find your source and strength in Jesus, the living word. No matter how hard these days are, the sun is shining. God is faithful. He promises us his presence to those that know. Oh, Jesus, you came to seek and to save those who are lost. And those of us who may not even know we're lost, I pray that we will come to a place of seeing our lostness so that we might find ourselves found by you and come into the joy of knowing our sins forgiven. What a joy it is to know you. There's nothing that compares to you. No one, nothing but you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Seeking to save me, us, and make us disciples. Bless you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name.